Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. what I am very thankful for every time somebody hits the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment and surprise roll up on a wrestling program people tweet and get in touch with me and that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum tum I just wanted to get out there and start this week's episode of ups and downs for all basically every single one of my catchphrases. My name is Simon from What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me as always. And in case you've never watched before, here's what we do. We take the finger of power, that's this, and we give the good bits an up and we give the bad bits a down. In this case, for the latest episode of Monday Night Raw. Now I will give you a little bit of a spoiler. Some of it is really good, so it's gonna get an up, but some of it, my word, it makes me angry. Let's up those doubts. started with Kevin Owens trying to prove to Big E, the WWE champion, that he was a good person as Big E sat next to him rubbing cocoa butter onto himself. And in this moment, I realized I love Big E, I love Kevin Owens, and I am so thankful they are at top of the card. And that goes for Seth Rollins too, because it was he that was doing the opening show promo this week. And he came out what can only be described as like a plastic dressing gown. It was very weird. And he wanted to let us know that nobody can trust Kevin Owens. He has known Kevin Owens for years. And every single time he'd be going around screwing everybody over. Wonderfully, KO then stormed to the ring. You would presume because he had heard enough, but also because Seth Rollins said his name so much. And that's what happens in wrestling. He went to beat him up. Seth Rollins got out of there, and if you can believe it, that's when the segment finished. So once this didn't go overly long, it did make sense, and it tied into what was gonna happen at the end of Raw. I was kind of perplexed for about eight minutes after this, and I'm giving it up. We also had the usual skit with RK Bro right after that, with Riddle going, Randy, 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 and all being like, man, you're just driving me crazy, and probably one day I'm gonna punch you right in the face. They were also teaming with the Street Profits next, so Riddle was putting them over, while Randy Orton was like, man, I don't care about them. But as it turned out, the Street Profits were right there, and they had heard everything that Randy Orton had said. Do you want to know why I love the Viper? Because he looked at Montez Ford and he looked at Angela Dawkins. He just went, <laughs> I don't care that you did hear this. I meant every single damn word. 
It was then time for this madness, with these four taking on the Dirty Dogs, Omos, and wonderfully, the returning AJ Styles. I had missed him, it was wonderful to see him, and this is getting it up. This was a proper war too, because it must have gone around about 20 minutes, and it was everything you kind of expect from an eight-man tag. I mean, at one point the good guys were up, and then at one point the good guys were down. AJ Styles got knocked off the apron, then he fell into the arms of Omos, which is the brand new name of my EP, and of course, this allowed the commentary team to be like, oh, Mars, he is so tall. How is a man so tall? You know the deal. The real story to all of this, though, is that Riddle is now officially obsessed with Omos, probably because he is so tall. And Randy's like, look, we are the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. We should be focusing on these titles, but his son isn't listening to him, especially here, because he was like, scrappy dude, he's like, I'm gonna get him, I'm gonna get him. As once again, Orton looked on like, this is not going to work, and he was right, it didn't. Because it ended with Riddle getting decked by Omos, and the key here is that even though it looked like Randy Orton was going to help him, Randy Orton did not help him, because he was cut off by Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. This is kind of like when you're watching a TV show and somebody gets killed, but you don't see the body. It's probably gonna tie into something later on. It's a shame the bad guys didn't keep this energy either because it probably wouldn't have worked. But after Dolph Ziggler had tagged in, AJ Styles was losing his mind because he wanted to slap instead. This led to Bobby Roode pushing AJ. So Omos was like, well, I'm gonna throw you into the barricade because he's my best friend. And honestly, I have said it before and I will say it again, that barricade better be being paid double time over time because it is getting ruined every single week. Amazingly, Riddle was still dead in the ring at this point after what Omos had done to him. And this is when Ziggle snuck in there and got the pin. That was a little bit like, what the flub is going on? But honestly, WWE never gets these kinds of matches wrong because when you actually look at it from afar, their talent is pretty damn good. So this did achieve quite a bit and afterwards Randy Orton gave the RKO to Dolphy Boy Blue. But as I always feel the need to say, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, we really do need some new tag teams in the tag team division. Bless Kevin Owens throughout this whole episode too, because he was so broken that Big E didn't believe he was a good person. He was trying to find as many other wrestlers as he could to try and get validation. He started here with none other than Rey Mysterio. And I suppose most people would do that because everybody sees Rey as their dad. Very sadly for KO, I don't really think Mysterio wanted anything to do with this. And as he had a segment of his own, he was like, yeah, sure, Ken Owens, whatever you say. As a small spoiler, this was going to end very badly. But it was a straight up down with what came next. Sometimes WWE is so confusing, down. But as you may have seen over the weekend, we learned about all the Survivor Series teams thanks to a series of tweets. That's right, so instead of coming up with some amazing storyline that we were all gonna sit there and go, oh, I can't believe this is happening, somebody just hit some keys and then went enter. Well, consider me emotionally invested. It's even worse for Raw because every single person on their team was on SmackDown all of five minutes ago. So nobody better come up here in my house and start going, oh, brand loyalty, brand supremacy, because why the flub would they care? And this got even weirder when the Mysterios were in the ring and out came Adam Pearce. Because his beef was that even though the Mysterios are on that Survivor Series team, so is Kevin Owens, so is Seth Rollins, and so is Finn Balor. So when you take them and Ray, they've all been world champions, whereas Don Dominic hasn't. And I was like, well, that's not his fault. You put him in the team and you sent out the tweets. If you wanted to turn this into an angle, why didn't you go the other way? So they had the most retroactive story ever as Adam Pearce was like, well, Dom, you can still in the match if you beat this man. And of course, who came out? 
Bobby Lashley. Now, thankfully, he was here with MVP, which means MVP is back on Raw, and that's always a wonderful sight to see, but you already know what went down. Bobby Lashley, as is his gimmick now, tried to kill this child. First it was Gage Goldberg, now it's Dominic Mysterio, and he even had a one at one point. He's like, nah, I'm gonna wait a little bit before he finally applied the Hurt Lock, and as I say, Dominic was dead. He also murked Ray throughout all of this, and it does mean that Bob is now on the team, but what a strange way to get here. Why did you bother to send the tweet to begin with? Also, why is Adam Pearce a bad bit now? Gonna rip the brain out of my head, it's not working, and that way I can forget about it. Quick chat between Seth Rollins and Chad Gable followed this, because they were all like, <laughs> Big E is a piece of trash. And I think the only reason they were on the same page is because they're both heels. But I really like Chad Gable, and Oates was there as well just doing this. This did lead to Chad Gable versus Big E though, or how I will now call all Chad Gable matches. Oh hey, look at me proving once again that I'm underutilized because this was just a terrific piece of fun. And honestly, if people in the back can't see how good Chad Gable is, then I give in. So is Big E, so this was just tons of fun. And while it only went five minutes, my word did they maximize all of that. Because of course at first Big E was throwing him around, but then Chad Gable was working over Big E's leg. It was just such a well put together match. We really do need to do more. Chad also hit this amazing rolling German suplex, which is even better because Big E is so big. And then sure, Big E basically grabbed him and gave him the big ending for the win. And afterwards he just stared down with Otis. But I'm all right with that. Sometimes I do get sad about what has happened to Otis because he used to be like bubbly fun. And now he's just starey boy. But you gotta take what you can get. Up. Kevin Owens was then back and he was asking for more love, this time from R-Truth. And I really don't know why he thought that was a good idea. Because of course, Truth totally believed KO, but he also believes in Bigfoot. He also believes in the Loch Ness Monster. He also believes in the ability that I have to grow my hair back. So in short, yes, this was a waste of Kevin Owens' time. And he just walked off. It was then more insulting Survivor Series nonsense next. And I just do not understand how WWE can't see it. Down. This was even worse because it affected other areas of the show, but we were in the back where Sonya Deville was talking to Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Carmella, Zelina Vega, and Rhea Ripley and saying, oh, hey, you are now the Raw Survivor Series team, but in the spirit of healthy competition, why don't you also have a Fatal Five-Way match with the winner becoming the number one contender? If you were quiet enough, you could have heard Corey Graves go, well, how are they going to coexist at the pay-per-view? And also because Dewdrop, Dana Brooke, and Nikki Ash were here, they also all stuck their oar in, I don't mean to be horrible, but with some of the most scripted lines you've ever heard in your life. Like Dewdrop was like, oh, Bianca Belair, you should not be in this thing because you lost to Becky Lynch. Sonya Deville, why is she in this thing? And Dana Brooke was like, I have been overlooked. Honestly, it was just ridiculous. It was even more strange because throughout all this, Selena Vega just stood there doing her Queen's Wave and I was like, I do not know who this is for. And I also don't know why I can't stop waving. You also need to go and watch this to see how every single person was stood during this because it is the most unrealistic thing you will ever see in your life. Like, look at this, look at this. I've got my friends here, Mr. Care Bear and the puppet version of me. Imagine we were gonna have a conversation and we stood here and I went, oh, well, hello, Mr. Care Bear. Mr. Care Bear went, oh, hello, Simon. This went, oh, hello, Simon. So look at me, why am I not looking at them? Why am I staring at the camera or at least angle myself like this? None of it makes any sense, and if anybody saw me doing it, I would be arrested. I mean, sometimes, WWE, sometimes, let them talk as if they were just in the street, and you have the camera 
couple of them. Rey Mysterio was then all upset with Adam Pearce, as he would be. He had basically killed his kid, so I suppose we're going to do Bobby Lashley versus Rey Mysterio at some point. And this is when Austin Theory ran in there and took a selfie, and somehow nobody noticed this. I've also just realized that Puppet Miller is still on the screen. Get out of here. WWE then proved me right, though. Cheers, dudes. Because there was a massive melee for the 24-7 championship, which saw six of the most devastating moves in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-ups, which just goes to show how devastating it is. But it started with Drake Maverick versus R-Truth. And before we got anywhere, Shelton Benjamin Cedric Alexander came out to cause a ruckus, which means, one, they ain't with Bobby Lashley anymore because they've been separated, but also, two, it means the WWE isn't ever going to bother giving us an explanation as to why they got back together. Down. This did allow Maverick to hit the first most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and then Tazawa did it, and then Corey Graves did it, and then Byron Saxton did it, and then I think Drake Maverick did it again before Reggie finally got the last one. There it is, six, meaning while he had lost the 24-7 championship, it ended with him winning it back. And look, to a point this was fun, but it just comes across as such filler. Because as soon as it was over, we just transitioned into the next segment and it was almost as if it didn't exist. So as I always say, if WWE doesn't act like they care about this, why would I? Down. It was also then time for our fatal five-way women's number one contender match. And I will say this, not only did WWE give it time, but I thought it was really, really fun. I mean, there were some stupid elements in there, but it is wrestling. I'm giving it up. Becky Lynch was also on commentary, which was a hoot. And after a big brawl, we did get into this. And yes, Carmella and Zelina Vega were a little bit of a team for a while before they broke up. Which means everybody was like, ah, oh, how are they going to coexist? If I ever hear that phrase again, it will be too soon. Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley were the absolute standouts here too. And we kept teasing this. And honestly, we should just build to a feud between those two. But everything else here, like I say, was actually really good. There was a bunch of near falls and a bunch of last minute breakups. I was really enjoying myself. I think everybody at one point had the thing one as well. Like Rhea Ripley hit the rib tie, but that didn't work. And Liv Morgan hit the Oblivion, but that didn't work either. And Bianca Belair even hit the KOD. And that's where somebody rap, hit the shenanigans button. Because if we are talking about future feuds, after she had got so upset about this earlier, Dewdrop was there and she stopped Bianca from getting the win. Now that makes absolutely no sense because if she did become the number one contender and then Dewdrop attacked her, Dewdrop could go after the belt. But don't worry about it, who needs sense? Just to take it down a notch or two, of course it did end with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And the best thing about this is that Carmella had it won with the surprise roll-up before she got surprised by Liv Morgan, who hit a surprise roll-up. Now look, it gets a pass this time, but if anybody from WWE is watching, there are other moves. Let Xavier Woods do, he can do all the surprise roll-ups and nobody else should do it. I'm thinking about retiring it soon. I'm getting a bit bored of going, <laughs> and let's face it, it is never going to change. However, throwing that all over there, this was actually pretty damn fun. Rollins and Big E were then having the most aggressive chat you've ever seen in your entire life, mostly because Big E doesn't trust Seth Rollins, to the point he is gonna march out to the ring and watch the main event up close and personal. This also led to a little bit of a skit where Austin Theory came out, so Big E just broke his phone. So does that mean we're going to do Big E versus Austin Theory? 
And I'll be honest with you, I hope so. I always want fresh matches. We also had Seth do a promo beforehand where he wound everyone up by saying, oh, he, 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 me and Kevin Owens have been in cahoots the whole time. But this is when Kevin Owens just stormed out there and started to whip some ass. And more people in wrestling, or WWE, I should say, I should do this. And it's not their fault because Vince McMahon decides who can do what. But because Kevin Owens was mad, he didn't do his usual entrance. And sometimes you have people fall out. And then when they do come to the ring, they're going da-da-da, doo-doo-doo, and going through all the motions. Sometimes you've got to let it lie. These guys also got a ton of time. And it was so good that, of course, it gets an up. But as ever, when you get to the end of Raw, it just kicks you right in the ass. Like, put your hands up now if you are always expecting a DQ, a distraction, or a countout in the end of a match. And of course your hand stays up, because this is all we ever get. I suppose we can't get mad at it now, because it happens all the time. It would be like going for a nap, and then waking up and going, Oh, I can't believe I fell asleep. What did you think was going to happen? Otherwise, this did rock, and you should just go watch it. Especially when Seth Rollins hit the buckle bomb, and Kevin Owens just fired back with a pop-up powerbomb of his own. I was just like, man, I want to be this good at wrestling. And the damage was so much, both of them spilled to the outside. And that's when it got quite bad. Because when they did go flying out the squared circle, Big E just basically sidestepped, which was awesome because it made him look like a damn hero. But after Seth Rollins had got back in the ring, Kevin Owens tried to, and I closed my eyes because I can't believe I have to say these words, but he ran into Big E, and because of that, the referee got to 10, meaning this ended in a countout. Down. Now, thankfully, this did lead to a great angle where Kevin Owens got so annoyed about everything that had happened to him over the last few weeks, he just absolutely destroyed Big E. And while this was kind of a heel turn, actually, you can make a case for KO and why he deserves to be all riled up. But the major sadness here is that the fans didn't react big to this. And do you want to know why? It's because of that damn countout. You could hear them get deflated like a balloon. They wanted to see a winner. It was great though, especially when Kev gave Big E the powerbomb on the apron and now you're left to muse. Well, is he associated with Seth Rollins? Has he just lost his mind? Should we hate him? Should we love him? Raw is very well layered when it comes to the main event scene. It's just the problem about everything else. I do want to see where this is going though, so it is mission accomplished, but my word am I completely torn in terms of whether this was good brawl or a bad brawl. And I am going to give it an up, but only because it left me wanting more, which means we got to the end of the day and it achieved what it tried to do. But there is a lot of nonsense in this show. Do not get me wrong. And even I, the positive Pete, watch it and I shake my head like, I can't believe this is happening. How am I not dreaming? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.